This podcast explores explicit and adult-themed content. If discussions of sex or male bondage offend you, or if you are under the age of 18, you should not continue listening to this episode or future episodes of The Bondage Gaze. By continuing to listen, you acknowledge that you are at least 18 years old and aren't offended by discussions of male bondage, sex, pornography, or other kinds of content with sexual themes. Hi guys, welcome back to The Bondage Gaze. I'm Sammy. And I'm Nat. And we are back here with Aggie. Hello. How are you, Aggie? Doing good. So, would you like to talk about your experience modeling for Ropes and Whatnots? I would love to. So yeah, he was... Uh, I think coming into the Houston area. So I think we talked when I was doing my undergrad when I was about 21, 20 or so. And um, I was always fascinated with his website. He was always super kind online and really nice to talk to. And yeah, I definitely, I mean, it was something I wanted to do. I really wanted to get on his his site in some way, but it always kind of encompassed some sort of travel that being involved. And just with where I was and honestly still kind of am currently at, it's not something that's very easy for me to do. It's not super accessible for me. I don't get like PTO. And I mean, I was a student at the time too, and finishing up now. So travel is a really hard thing for me to do, especially to external states. I mean, that would just encompass it's not like it's a drivable distance for me for a weekend trip. So um, I definitely wanted to do it. It just took a really long time to just kind of coordinate. Finally, he ended up being in the Houston area, and we were able to set something up. And it was so much fun. I had a great time, we were able to do a couple of scenes. And then I think mummification or not, uh, not a mummification, but like a, a wrap around duct tape around the body kind of thing. And I think I was wearing like a Gap t-shirt from the outlet store. So I just looked very boy next door, I think. But uh, it was all done in my apartment. I think I had just moved into my apartment. So you can see a couple plants that were freshly picked. And I think pictures were still on the ground and stuff too, because I just moved into my new apartment. Um, so we were able to kind of pull around. He was very attractive, very handsome guy. And he was very fun to play with. So we were able to do some nice videos and, and pictures. And that was great. The only thing it just took a little bit of time getting the the content back and even to this point i'm not even sure i've received all of it which is i think just a testament to him being busy um and having so many people he works with which is i mean a great thing it's great to have content being pushed out but i remember it was uh, a little bit after and I, I could be mistaking this i might be making this up but i think a little bit after we had our our session um, a few months later i think he ended up shutting down his site for a little bit and he stopped making posts and doing things like that and i was like oh no no don't stop doing it because i love his content so yeah that was a little sad to see but i think he's back at it i saw him post i think this morning so yeah i, I love his content i loved working with him i have a, a good friend who i think lives in north carolina who talked about meeting him and, and playing around and getting tied up and stuff that he seems to have a great time and i think we know similar people i i know people and recognize some profiles and stuff and profile pictures i'm terrible with names uh so i forget people's profile name and things like and their actual name too but that being said i think with instagram i'm able to connect to a wide range of, of different profiles and kinksters that are out there. So we all end up knowing each other by the end of it. So I would love at some point, I have a friend in New York and I would love for us to, he's been trying to get me to come visit, but he does all these travels to Chicago and to DC and things like that. And I would love the opportunity to do one of those, you know, where everyone kind of is together and there's a huge group bondage thing. I just think that would be so much fun. I just think that would be a really enjoyable experience with different, you know, rigors and, and bondage tires with the bondage subs i think would just be a lot of fun yeah it's like i mean what you described like about him it does yeah like i mean it's really fun working with him yeah it's like because i've been on the site and yeah it's like i think what's happening is his original site is going down but then he's switching to the only fans model and so he's still kind of doing the same thing it's a little different because it's on only fans now so yeah it's funny i just sent him a picture of my id and stuff like that because a few weeks ago we did like a, that kind of bondage group type of thing that you're talking about and um and he was there and we shot some content for the website during that weekend and yeah it's like and with OnlyFans if you don't have an account they require you know a picture of your ID and whatever to just prove your age and your identity and whatever so yeah it sounds like a lot of fun be prepared to have to do that again because I've had to do it twice with Brandon now it's with all the new laws and stuff everyone needs to have their identity proven to crack down on revenge porn yeah it's like he said the workaround is a 
if we have if any of us have OnlyFans accounts, like because then we've already done all the verification and OnlyFans, yeah, like they like they they will know like who we are, how old we are, whatever. But yeah, I guess it just gets tricky when you don't have an account. Yeah, I ended up having to make an account for Brandon because I think initially I was just tagging him and then it needed verification, like a further verification. I can't really remember now, but he's had to put in his license or scan his license at least twice. Yeah, he told me he was making the shift to OnlyFans and stuff. I remember being at work and he was like, hey, um, and it was super sweet when he was asking me, he was like, can I get a picture of your ID? And I was like, absolutely, not a problem. And I, I had to do that before with another guy that was based out of Seattle and he did some bondage stuff that was great. I think he posted it to an OnlyFans site. So I was familiar and I know that the laws are always changing and, and varying with those sites and stuff. So I get it. It's definitely complicated. So anything I can do to try and help and support is always, I'm sure, appreciated. I mean, it's a shame because you lose a lot of that older content, but you need to have that consent. It's the only way around it. I was even reading an article about some guy whose boyfriend or ex-boyfriend. No, it was his boyfriend at the time that they were now broken up. Every time they'd have an argument, he'd go and post a fucking porno on some website. I'm, they didn't say the website, but I'm going to guess it's OnlyFans because they even mentioned like the site's finally cracked down and now requires identification from all participants. I was like, oh, hey, I know all about that. So he was a victim of it. And I guess that's just the stories we're hearing about. So I'm sure there's many of those stories. So And I don't know. I do see something safer about this. Like, I, I remember I just got a flashback to Nick's episode, like in our first season, where he talked about like the old way of posting that kind of content was the creator needed to fucking post their address like on their video. <laughs> and a lot of them just did their home addresses because, you know, this was the early aughts when not many people were on the internet. It was like a little bit more niche. There, there was just a weird roundabout way of doing that. And yeah, like I wouldn't want my address being on something like that. Like that's creepy. Yeah. Bonus points for calling it early aughts. I've never heard that before. <laughs> hey, naughties. <laughs> well, because it's like people call it the 2000s, but it's like, I mean, we're still in the 2000s. Like it's going to be the 2000s this whole century. So. That's one way to distinguish like zero zero versus, you know, the 2010s kind of thing. Oh, no, I absolutely agree. But yeah, Shane, Shane's lovely. I mean, I've never had the pleasure of working with him because I'm all the way down here, but I'd love to have a chat with him. He's been on the podcast. I think he's made four appearances now. Yeah. Like, cool. Because there was his episode and then he had a part in the, the different specials that we've had. And then, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, and then including the kink stars for this season. So, yeah. The next question was going to be have you modeled for any other bondage sites but you basically just confirmed you did so would you like to talk about that so i have modeled before again i'm not much of a traveler right now so and i haven't been for a while so most of the people i really just get lucky who end up coming to the houston area um and when i was in college it was the college station area one of the i guess bigger ish ones was a rope sweat tears they're out of seattle it's a husband duo and one of them the other one is is tied boy i think is their profile title but they do a lot of shibari and a lot of that sort of, you know, rope style bondage specifically with rope. And they were amazing. They were probably, I think, the best kind of kink session I've had in a long time. And a big reason for that is due to the afterplay or aftercare that was included after the kink session. I just had never really experienced anything like that. And it was a little bit more of, I wouldn't say an intense session, but I was definitely in some uncomfortable predicament style positions, roped down in my old apartment and and they just, they came over, we talked for a little bit. Um, I think they had a, a glass of wine and then I was like, I got heartburn. I shouldn't drink. <laughs> I'm an old man already. And I was like, I shouldn't drink. I'll get heartburn. So then we, after that, we go to the bondage and stuff and start playing around and there's a blindfold and uh, they were really big. One of the things I really enjoy also is breath play. So that was one of the husband's also main interests was breath play. So that was so much fun to do and kind of experience the, you know, prolonged breath play style with different kind of hand gags and saran wrap and things like that. It was a lot of fun, pinching the nose and all that. It was great. And then eventually they did some ass play and some toying, I think, and helped to loosen me up a little bit. At that point, I I don't want to say I was new to bottoming because I wasn't, but it was one of those things for me that I would experience and either have it hurt or have it feel, you know, fine and good, you know? And I was still trying to figure out what works best to prevent 
prevent the pain from happening during bottoming. I just wasn't an expert yet. So they did the toying, which really helped. And then eventually it ended up being kind of like a, a spit roasting, getting fucked while, you know, breath play session kind of thing over my bed. And there's a great video of it that I think I have posted somewhere. And it's by far one of my favorites of me tied up, getting fucked and having the husband like hold my breath at the same time. And it was just so amazing, so erotic. And it was so much fun and something that you can't find, you know, you can't like re replicate those kind of things, especially kinky couples. I mean, shout out to every kinky couple out there just because it's people who play together is such a fun thing to do and a hard thing to find sometimes. I think with so many kink kinky people that are out there, they end up being in relationships that are not, you know, kink adjacent with their partner. So one person is kinky, the other's a little bit more vanilla. And I, I see that a lot. There ends up being an understanding, but whenever two kinky people come together, I'm just like, that's so cute. That's so beautiful. What a wonderful thing. <laughs> so they were absolutely amazing. I was hoping I could meet them this past December and they just said they were, they were too busy, but um, we ended up kind of having sex and doing the filming and stuff. And then afterwards, it was just one of those things about, I've heard this about tickling before about the, you know, whenever you do tickling and then so tickling's kind of over, it's kind of like a, almost like a shock emotionally. Like you feel a lot of emotions after it. So it's a huge uh, impact that it has on your, your body and nervous system. It's kind of how it felt here. And I just hadn't experienced that before. Like I'd had sex before and I'd had kink sessions before. I'm very good at compartmentalizing. So my emotions, I can keep in check really well. I don't really have a, a huge issue after having a kink session where I feel like I, my emotions are, are lower than normal or like they're all over the place. I just, I'm really good about going back into everyday life. And with this... I just felt so like, like I just needed to take a deep breath and relax for a second. And they really helped to do that with like holding me and, you know, making sure I was okay and just letting me breathe and relax and a lot of caressing. And it was the most amazing thing. Like that feeling of relaxation was just so wonderful and not something I get to experience that often. Cause like, I, I think I mentioned before with kink being a fun thing and a hobby, it's not super, like I don't stay in the sub headspace the entire time with some of the people who tie me up because we're, being we're goofing off back and forth listening to Britney Spears and you know joking around you know so it's just a goofy thing sometimes but when I was in the subspace the entire time and just being submissive for hour and a half or two that's kind of when I felt a little bit like okay it's nice to be held now and be comforted so anyways I got some pictures and videos and I got put on their profiles and I think probably their only fans or just for fans too in terms of other groups I've definitely been on people's profiles who do shibari and uh, some friends just kind of in the Houston area. So I've been on other people's profiles. But in terms of those kind of filmed, I'd say kink sessions, it's been a little bit more rare. There was a foot guy in Houston who's kind of a friend in Houston. And he's really big on foot content, but he liked, you know, bondage and edging too. So I got on his Twitter account. So every now and then I'm able to do a little bit of a collaboration, but they are surprisingly hard to find sometimes. And I think getting responses from people and following up is also difficult sometimes <laughs> too. But yes, yeah, I definitely love doing that sort of stuff. Well, you've definitely given us a lot to talk about here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's funny because I never really thought of, you know, what a big deal being in a relationship with another kinkster would, would be until we did start playing with, you know, playing together with other people and just kind of, I don't know, people's responses to it. I mean, even when I just tell people that, like, you know, that I do a lot of these things with my boyfriend, they're just like, oh, wow, like, <laughs> like you know, like, that's so, like, kind of unheard of and whatever, you know, just because it's you know it's so rare and then yeah like it's like I feel like a lot of people just kind of idealize that and it's like it is fun to you know and then we're both switches so it's fun for you know both of us to submit together or both of us to dom together or you know or us to have different roles like with each other and um, I mean I feel like one thing for us is it's really important that we sort of have our own sort of things like we have like our own um, play partners that are kind of just for us and then we have you know people that we kind of share with each other and things like that like I feel like you know typically with like if like somebody I know really well is like coming in from out of town I feel like most of the times I would be comfortable like kind of bringing him around my boyfriend or something like that but it's you know for other more casual people it's like okay I'll just kind of keep this between me and him and if things seem to you know go well then you know then I could bring you know my boyfriend into it or something but yeah I mean it's really fun um I mean the only thing that um I kind of pointed this out in like 
like another recording we did is like I feel like one kind of problem with it is like when you meet with people for a session especially if you're traveling or something for that session you know bondage and everything like that is of course going to be on the agenda it's going to be something that we're going to do it's like we're going to get to it everything like that when you're in a relationship with somebody like that especially if you're living with them it's always like it, you know it's hypothetically always on the table but then that doesn't mean that it's always going to happen because we're, we're living a life together so it's like okay but I'm kind of hungry and want dinner or you know or I'm tired or maybe we could do it tomorrow or it, it's like it's basically like always that it just becomes very domesticated but I mean you know I, I still love it I would still take that over like not having that see with me my sexuality is something that I think ebbs and flows so what I think is so important is just the communication factor and being someone who I think who is a younger person I haven't had the opportunity to have as many relationships let alone ones that have a kink factor into it so none of my relationships have really been kink oriented with you know kink into it all of them kind of knew that those were things I was into but it was never a factor in and it was never really a thing that was satisfied so it felt like something I would kind of be sacrificing in relationships in previous past but communication and finding ways to satisfy those urges is also really good and you know sometimes things just don't work out for that reason but I think having the openness and communications one of the biggest things and like I'm saying with my sexuality ebbing ebbing and flowing sometimes I don't you know I don't want to get tied up either and sometimes I don't want to do anything sometimes I don't even want to talk to you so and I think that's okay you know that's a completely valid thing to have and I think especially with more vanilla things it's there's a prep involved and there's for me at least there's a mental headspace that's got it I have to get into like I need to prepare if you're gonna stick something up my butt and (laughs) that takes a little bit of preparation physically and mentally for me sometimes not everyone likes that and that's kind of where the communication and I think openness and just having a general caring for one another is really really important absolutely I think my case is interesting because we don't really fit in either category like we're neither a kinkster and a vanilla and we're not exactly two kinksters either so there is some awkwardness because we're mostly monogamous we've had one person involved we've done twice but it's been the same person both times in nearly 10 years now and you mentioned the awkwardness sort of that can arise from that Nat it was definitely that the first time when Aussie Gear Boy came to visit it was for like the first hour we're just kind of sitting there like what do we do like I don't want to be the one to initiate it I'm so awkward I'm so rusty I don't know what the fuck to do but then the second time it was like yep cool we'll have some dinner okay that's settled all right get the fucking ropes come I think it's really important to figure out what what works best for you in terms of there's a lot of people who it's monogamy and some others it's polyamory and for others it's just open relationships and that also is very having that kind of upfront is I think really important too but never shame never shame people either never shame people for what they're into and what their preference is especially when it comes to relationship styles Um, even if it's not for you be nice (laughs) yes big time what were your thoughts on the spit roasting I love it like I think it's hot I really do it's not the first time and it probably won't be the last time that I've done I'll do it that's kind of a new area for me too those threesomes I've done them in the past I've also had really bad ones too I think it's a a dynamic issue so that was probably my first I'd say kinky threesome um, but I've had just vanilla threesomes if you can classify that as vanilla where it's just regular sex I think it's a lot of fun I think it's really great but both people need to be on the same page and I have been in a situation one that's coming to mind where two people came over to my apartment I was talking to one of them but I ended up being more attracted to the other when they came over they were both boyfriends the one that I was talking to was trying to be dominant but he didn't really know how to be dominant so he was like putting in me positions that were just kind of painful and just didn't work and his husband was like or boyfriend was like I think you're hurting him and he was like no it's okay he likes it and I'm like I don't really like it that much (laughs) so it was just like an uncomfortable experience and finally it goes on for about an hour we all take a shower together in my tiny small apartment shower trying to fit together also these were like bulky Latin men who were muscular and large and my shower is not that big so fitting three of us in there was kind of hard so it was one of those things where you know I think one person who I had been talking to I think he was super into the idea and was having a great time and everything the other one I could see it in his face 
face that it wasn't something he was enjoying. And part of that ended up causing me not to enjoy it. I ended up calling it off eventually, like an hour into and I was like, can we stop? I'm not enjoying this. And I like, I think I just need a break because I was also like, I was being spit roasted and then going back and forth between two different, you know, dicks in my butt. So it was all over the place, sensory overload, but also trying to balance the, you know, dom sub aspect when one of them doesn't really care about it. It was just so confusing. So ended up finishing it. And then they both leave. The one that I was talking to, one of the boyfriends, he's like, I had a great time. Did you enjoy yourself? And I told him, honestly, and I was like, I didn't like it that much. I'm so sorry. And I appreciate you coming over, but I just didn't have the most fun. And he felt awful. He felt so bad afterwards and was like, I'm so sorry. I misread the signs. I thought you were having a great time. I was like, it's okay. It's like, it happened. It's like, I'm not, you know, fucked up over it. It's not a big deal. Okay. So the one you were talking to, is he the one that was saying, oh no, he's fine? Yes. Okay. So, which confusing there, but uh, the husband ended up texting me and he messaged me on Grinder, and he was like, it was really nice meeting you. We should get together sometime. And I was like, yes, we should. Yes, we most certainly should. And then we never did. We never got together and I never heard from him again, which probably is for the best. But yeah, it can go, it can always go one of two ways. And sometimes you just have to try it. But in, in an answer to your question, I think spit roasting can be very, very hot and very fun. Yeah, I've tried it once and wasn't a fan. It was about 10 and a half years ago. It was the guy that left me handcuffed to a futon overnight, which was pleasant, but he was kind of rough. Anyway, he was behind. There was another one in front. No, sorry, he was in front. The other guy was behind. And because I was had stuff to focus on behind, I couldn't focus on what was in front. And he was getting the shits because I wasn't doing it properly. Like, well, fucking I don't, I'm not used to it. I've never done this before. I don't know. I love Brandon's dick in either hole. So if I could like clone him and have two of him, that'd be great. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so there was that. Uh, I get a lot of heartburn too. Baking soda, teaspoon of baking soda in a glass of water. Mix that in. It is like fucking a miracle beverage. Yeah. Honestly, like, I don't know what this new thing is for me. It's like I, I turned 22 and then all of a sudden I just can't handle alcohol sometimes. I'm such a, a boring person, I think, at my age. But for me, it would be the weirdest, like, swing. It used to be a lot worse, I think. It's affecting me differently now, but it would be like just this massive, it would just be heartburn. You know, it'd be a horrible pain in my chest. And if I'm, if I'm tied up, I don't want that to happen. So I was like, let's just avoid alcohol. Also, there's plenty of people I've talked to who are like, I would love to get you drunk and tied up. And I'm like, I don't know about that. That seems, that seems unsafe. So I kind of try to avoid alcohol and kink and combining those things in general, which I think is just the safest thing, TMI. But I end up being a puker whenever I drink too much. So I love gags and I would love to have a gag with bondage. But if I puke into a gag, then I'm going to suffocate. So those things are just best left to, you know, not combine. Tums, I think also work. You know, Tums, I think also help to alleviate some of the heartburn stuff. It's just like chest pain. I'm just so, I'm so boring. I'm an old man. <laughs> you know what? You don't need to drink to have a good time. <laughs> it's a cliche, but it's true. Like these people that look down at you, oh, you don't drink. Fuck off. I'm not judging you for how much you're drinking. Like, and then just combining bondage with that. It's, I know people do it. And I mean, I feel like it's irresponsible to the, for the most part. Like it's like, it's okay to have like a few drinks you know, like a drink or two or something like that. But like, I don't know. It's like, like being drunk and being tied up or having somebody tied up just doesn't sound like fun. It's like, it could help with generally loosening, loosening up a little bit, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like people shouldn't be actually like inebriated and like doing these kinds of things. I mean, because vomiting, because whatever. And then also like for the dom of like, I don't know. I don't want somebody who's inhibited in some way, like basically having that control over over me 100% I, I think of it a lot from this perspective of a drunk submissive and the damage that can cause but a drunk dominant person I mean goodness that could just be so awful <laughs> with consent and among other things it'd just be a really bad combination yeah I also wouldn't drink if I was going to get tied up because it dehydrates you and I have dry mouth as it is so the thought of having a few drinks beforehand and then having that like coating in your mouth oh no thank you that being said if my husband was to tie me up and then get drunk and then come in and fuck me, I would be very
very much down for that. That being said, it is obviously risky, so I would never actually do it. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, that is a little bit of a fantasy, but I don't know. My fantasies are anything that can result in me being stuck in bondage. You better work, Sammy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, I know, like, for some people, like, they could loosen up a little bit more, like, you know, if they are kind of drunk, like, they're a little bit, they might be a little rougher, which you might like. They might, you know, not hold back as much. They might, you know, be more willing to say things that, you know, that might turn you on or something like that, like, when you're tied up. But yeah, it's like, I mean, my thing is, like, I'm always up for drinks after a session. Like, that's, like, always fun. Like, after kind of everybody having that release and that experience, and then it's like, okay, let's go out for a drink or something. Yeah, drinks food it's kind of the same thing i've said that to kingsters that if we were to eventually meet yeah maybe we do like a bondage day and then this that'll be a let's have food and we'll I'll show you all these australian treats but we're not combining the two it's not happening i kind of like the idea of meeting someone at a bar and like having one drink maybe two and then going home with them and doing bondage i think that's a lot of fun i've been able to do that kind of once there wasn't much bondage included but oh my gosh i think he was i I think he is the sexiest man that I've ever met and he's just this bear of a man this muscle bear from Chicago and he was visiting Houston and I was just so like enamored by this man and I saw him at a bar we had been texting and I saw him and I came up to him and we hung out that night and then I convinced him to like drive me home so he was able to take me back to my apartment and then he was able to come inside and we had such a great time and he was just so hot we were we were kissing each other I don't know if you are familiar with Houston in terms of the gay bars, but it's very like, it's kind of, it's a lot of streets and they all kind of just intersect and stuff. So the bars, everything's really walkable. You have to park far away and then walk to the bar. So we were walking back to the car and then we were, he would like pin me against the fence and we'd make out and then we'd grope each other. And I found all of his good spots. And then we had the same amount of fun getting back to it. So we were playing around in the car and in front of my apartment complex, just having a great time. So that sort of thing, if there was someone that I could be a potential match with and and it would be bondage oriented. That idea of meeting them in a bar and then kind of taking kink to an external location. I think that would be wonderful. I think that kind of bar setting to meet and then, which also alleviates a lot of the stress of just the first jitters and stuff. I think that would be fun. Yeah, it's like, I mean, cause with that, so I've never done it that like in one night where we meet at a, you know, casual location, like a bar or restaurant or something and then go and play. I mean, I've done that a few times, but that's not really the norm for me. But but yeah, it's like I do typically before I tie anybody up or they tie me up, I typically like to meet in a bar or something like that, like just to like, you know, see how they are as a person. And then afterwards, it's like, okay, let's, you know, let's arrange like when, you know, when we're going to do this. Yeah, it goes back to the planning. So, I'm, well, I'm curious. It's probably too much to ask, but how's your butt now? I, I have learned how to take a dick and what is required to do so. And I just have to loosen myself up a little bit beforehand. So that's kind of all it takes. I'm just like, I'm not the gaping hole that I think a lot of, you know, the world thinks that I am. <laughs> so <laughs> I require some sort of like loosening up beforehand. And then after that, it's really honestly a lot easier. And I've been able to handle a variety of sizes without it hurting. So that's also a wonderful, you know, transition for me. Now I will say when it comes to bigger, like girthy, like toys or, or even fisting, I'm not there yet. So world give me time maybe i'll become a fisting bottom at some point but not right now <laughs> i don't even have a clue i don't know the first thing about fisting that's the problem yeah i mean i've never tried it i think someone did four fingers maybe i think once it gets to like the actual like enveloping the fist i just don't think i could handle it i just think it would be too much i don't know one day i will get there but i will need an industrial grade lubricant to help you know relax one day yeah and i'm gonna say that you've mentioned your foot guy in Houston, was it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Was he before or after Shane? After. So Shane would have prepared you for that? <laughs> yes. We did a couple of barefoot things and uh, I think a little bit of tickling. I can't remember. I remember being ball gagged and I remember being ball gagged and really trying to make this drool shot work. Like I tried so hard to like get the drool to manifest where it would, it would drip down and I was like working into like building up the saliva to make it 
get drip. And I don't, I don't even know if you can see it in the video, but I was working really hard to like get that kind of like sexy drool shot. <laughs> I love it. Okay, a little bit of news that is sort of relevant when you're mentioning traveling. Apparently, and I haven't seen it, I guess, because I don't travel, but multiple countries, including mine, have issued travel warnings for the US. I heard about that today and it is so disheartening. America needs travel warnings for different states. I saw that on one of the comments. Oh yeah, we have travel warnings here in the States for different states. But yeah, it's like just with all the fucking homophobia, transphobia, misogyny, gun control, they've issued a travel warning because of all that. Greatest country in the world. I'm sorry, guys, but no. Especially with the, you know, all, everything going around around trans people right now. I mean, I got off the phone about an hour or two ago with my mother and she wanted to talk about Dylan Mulvaney, the TikToker who was with Bud Light and doing stuff with Nike and she just wasn't getting it. I was like, I don't want to talk about this. We're not having this conversation and it's just so sad and small mindedness and news outlets really propagating hysteria for communities. And Florida, Florida too, being just a state of restriction for anybody who's not cis and white. And it is just so, my heart goes out to, at this point, every community that's again, not cis, straight and white, because we're, we're just fighting to be people. And it's just so hard to see. It's hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, I assume we're not getting the whole picture because we're not there. But from what I've seen, particularly Florida, it's like, what the fuck is going on? I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah, it's like, well, the, uh, this is the first time that I'm hearing about this, but I can't say I'm surprised because, it, I mean, it is so bad. I mean, kind of getting back to, like, Roe v. Wade stuff. I mean, there's even, like, you know, women I know here, like, one girl in particular who's from Texas, like, I think she's from the Austin area, and like, and she's, like, talking about, of, like, okay, if she ever gets pregnant, like, because I, I think either she's married or engaged or something like that, and she said, like, it's like if I ever get pregnant, like I cannot go to Texas, like and see my family because you know I will be inv- investigated like a criminal if something happened to my child during this, and if I miscarried or anything like that. Like people will investigate, and I will be treated like a criminal if I'm in my fucking home state during this. Like that's just awful. And uh, I don't think it's gonna stop either. You know, it started with abortion, and then drag queens, and then trans people as kind of where we're at right now and when I was a kid I remember divorce being the hot topic you know I remember oh if you get divorced in your marriage then you're going to you're going to go to hell I remember that being a hot topic uh, up for debate and it's just how far we've come and I don't think it's going to stop either I don't know what the tipping point's going to be the most recent legislation and bill that I saw introduced was um, essentially Ron DeSantis wanting to eliminate all essentially DEI organizations that were on college campuses so LGBT associations but all of the black fraternities the Latinx fraternities, the Hispanic and Asian and Pacific Islander organizations, all of them. He wants to just eliminate every single one. And it's just like, what is going on? What is the hatred? What is the ignorance? And the push for the, the taking away of diversity and DEI, de- diversity, equity, and inclusion. I mean, that's kind of a career field for me, uh, an area I find fascinating. That's a, a lot of what I study goes into DEI. So I just attended a conference where DEI was a really big focus. And it just really like with legislation, and seeing all that kind of happen is, again, just sad, scary. I mean, it's one of those things where you just have to kind of watch to see what happens next. But I'm not surprised that there's a travel warning for America. That didn't surprise me one bit. Honestly, Roe v. Wade, it was like it was just a test. If we can get away with this, we can get away with anything. And to all these gay people, basically the pick me gay people, I believe you coined that term that. I mean, you didn't coin the term pick me, but you compared (laughs) them to the pick me girls. All these pick me gay people who were pro getting rid of of Roe v. Wade and a pro-Republican. It's like, you're fucking traitors. This is what's happening because you supported this shit and just because they weren't coming after you at the time does not mean you're exempt from them. Congratulations, you'll just be killed last. Honestly, my heart goes out to all of you in the States, anyone who's suffering under these legislations. I mean, something that I recently, like a YouTuber that I follow, um, he has a, a really, ex- um, it's FD signifier in case of anybody f- is familiar with him on YouTube, but like he had a really extensive video just kind of about sex and conservatism and everything like just kind of like that link and then I mean one of the conclusions he comes to is like the thing is with a lot of conservatives with a lot of privileged people with a lot of that they don't actually hate gayness they don't actually hate abortion they don't actually hate a lot of these things they want them for themselves but the thing is they don't want it for 
everybody. Like they don't want poor people to have access to these things. They don't want like people of color to have access to these things. They don't, you know, they don't want trans people of color to be able to exist and things like that. It's just kind of like, okay, like I want it just for myself and the people that I like and know and trust and everything and just like fuck everybody else. And it's, yeah, it's like, I mean, because conservatism, I feel like the base reasoning of conservatism is just being selfish and just wanting your own thing. Oh, there's been so many cases of these people that are abolishing reproductive rights, justifying why their abortion or their, God forbid, teenage daughter's abortion is different and it's okay for them. Did you see, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was, and this is about a month or two ago, there was an anti-gay legislator, uh, Republican, I think governor, and uh, he was making anti-gay legislation and they found him and his his Instagram account commenting on these twinks and their like thirst traps and stuff. I was like, get him! <laughs> yes. Get her, roast his ass. <laughs> it's just a joke at this point. Sometimes you just stop and think, this can't be real. This is the bad place. <laughs> Moving on. That's our obligatory political views for the episode. Politics is important. It's important to, I think, share. Yeah. I mean, I feel like part of part of the reason why we got here is because, you know, I feel like 15, 20, whatever years ago, it wasn't cool to talk about politics. Like, it, like, it wasn't cool. It wasn't interesting. People didn't like, you know, and then especially like with people, like communities of color like nobody talked about politics like black people or latinos or anything like nobody talked about it and then i because it was kind of seen as a white man's game and then it's like okay well look at what the white man's game has been doing because none of us have had a voice in it nobody has paid attention to it or cared or anything like that so yeah everyone who isn't involved in politics if you're a person in the media for example was told you don't bring up politics i I like that at least with this generation now i feel like people look down upon the people who try to act ambivalent to it like oh I don't know about politics Ugh. like and it's like okay well you're, then you're a fucking idiot I don't, I don't know what to tell you you're privileged yeah if you're one of those fortunate people that aren't affected by who's in power consider yourself privileged but that's no excuse to be ignorant <laughs> a side tangent with that like recently me and a non-binary person were talking to you know a straight cis person about like I don't know Dave Chappelle came up in a conversation not what Dave Chappelle's known for now um that girl was completely oblivious to that and then jk rowling and just all that other shit and this straight girl had no fucking idea about like anything i love how the non-binary person was like i'll, I'll send you a list of all the transphobes and everything and get you up to speed with that it's like because i'm just like what 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 world are straight people living in like do i just associate with that many like um like you know like leftist queer people that like you know we always talk about these things we're all very aware of them and straight people who could just be on their own little fucking thing like not having to know or worry about any of this yeah just because you don't take an interest in politics does not mean that politics won't take an interest in you and it's interesting the rocks some people must just live under i am not going to go into too much detail but someone recently i was talking to and they were telling me how they only just learned certain racial slurs are offensive and they're like oh we this was just what we said back in the day how the fuck did you not know have you been living under a rock what the fuck? I get that 30 years ago, like this word was even used in the Golden Girls. Like, so I get 40 years ago, sure, but it's not fucking the 80s, even the early 90s. Like, come on, you gotta get with the times. You uh, and they were not trying to be hurtful by it. I just I don't get the ignorance. Oh my god, like, well, okay, this is this is a little different because it's an it's an elder in my family, but it's like I don't it, you know, it's something where you it's like, you know, maybe she was always racist because it's like I mean, an older person and everything. But yeah, it's like, I remember the last time I went home and yeah, like I was just talking to an elder in my family and we were talking about, you know, I just moved to Chicago. So I was talking about that. And she just basically said like, oh yeah, a lot lot of N-words like live there. And I was like, what? Like what? Like you're you're, like, you're just going to say that? Just just blatantly like that? Like, oh my God, these people. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) the bondage guys. So let's talk about your favorite gag. Favorite type of gag. Fabulous transition. So when I first started, again, I would I would do self-bondage and some self-gags and things like that. So all I had at that time was bandanas and duct tape. I had like one bandana. I still have it to this day. It has such a sentimental value for me at this point. And I 
would gag myself and that would be kind of be it. I would try to tie myself up as best I could with like ties, like literal like ties and stuff that go on your body. So yeah, I, I really love the cleave gag. Um, I'm very fond of a duct tape gag and then something that I, I have to have it, especially with my, I have facial hair, my beard, whenever it's, I have to trim it because the duct tape doesn't stick to the beard and it's very prickly. So something that wraps around and something preferably within, you know, stuffed in, I think it's very hot and perfect. I love the sound of duct tape, the smell of duct tape. It's wonderful. Um, and it does the job. And then hand gags and glove gags. I'm very partial to as well. So I would grow up, there was this Tumblr account called HOM and GOM, Hom and Gom. And it was a Tumblr account dedicated to hand gags and glove gags. And I loved it. I ate it up and I, there would be videos, pictures, everything. I don't know if they still post, but I would, I would look at their stuff almost daily and hope that something new would be posted because I just, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. So that's definitely something that's a search history for me. I think when it comes to porn too, is looking at those hand over the mouth kind of stuff, whether that be with fucking or just being held or breath play too. I just think it's really, really hot. Yeah. It, okay. It's funny how much I, I surprise people like as somebody with a beard and how much I like teeth gags and people are always like, are you sure? And it's like, bitch, I'm fucking asking for it. Like, <laughs> like I want it. I mean, but yeah, it's like, I mean, there's workarounds for it. Cause it's like one key is like using some kind of beard oil or something like that. Some kind of beard wax some kind of, you know, something to sort of moisturize your beard because tape will just kind of peel off of it easier without like ripping your hair off or something. As long as it's not like fucking like gorilla tape or something. And then also it's like, there are also gentle tapes that are good with skin and hair and stuff like, like athletic tape. Like I really love athletic tape. I love the look of it. And it's also really gentle coming on and off. It's meant for the body. So skin and hair and stuff like that. And then also like microfoam, like microfoam is, I don't like it that much, but I, it's like the most gentle tape to fucking peel off of your skin or hair. It's also, you know, like really sticky. It doesn't stick that well. I don't know if you've used it, but it doesn't stick that well to facial. Like if you have facial hair, you can still basically move your mouth under it. But I mean, stuffing kind of helps with that as well as it's always a good base layer for something like duct tape or something. Because if you have microfoam, like, you know, just directly over your skin and hair, and then you wrap duct tape over that, like it's pretty much like you just have a duct tape gag and it comes off very easily. And yeah, and it's a pretty good gag. For things like that, for me, sometimes it's just like no pain, no gain. So that's why I really like the duct tape and I just kind of, I just kind of suffer through it. I'm 100% team duct tape, but as you may or may not know, there is one post of yours and it is a bandana gag and it is maybe my favorite gag set I've ever seen. Definitely favorite bandana gag. And I thought it was a ropes and whatnots, but now I'm realizing it is ropes, sweat and tears. And I even commented on it at the time that you're getting a chest harness tied onto you. Yes. And just the way that gag is sitting in your mouth, I don't know. There's just something very special about it. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're phenomenal. Like they just tied a knot and then tied it around. It was super simple, but they knew what they were doing and they were just so, they were so skilled, so talented. I mean, even a bandana gag can just be enough sometimes, you know? I love it. Yeah. With honorable mentions to your ropes and whatnots tape gag where you've wrapped in tape and got the tape around your mouth. Spring isn't the only thing that's sprung. I love my captions. I'm so nonsensical with my captions and even commenting. I love commenting on people's posts because I'm on such I'm such a little shithead when it comes to my friends on social media. I think I said this, they receive all these thirst traps and thirsty posts of like, mm, I'd love for you to do this to me, sir. And then I'm commenting on it like, ugly bitch. Like, <laughs> just being a rude person, but it's my best friend. So like, I get to do that. And I love... I I love commenting on my friends' posts. Another honorable mention to your before or after when you're in the red ropes tied to, it looks like some kind of chair. I don't know, it's a similar thing. I'm not, I love my tape gags, but the ungagged picture? I love that picture of you. Yeah. So he was also phenomenal. And he 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 was living in Houston. He was so gorgeous. He was so beautiful. Such a beautiful man. And he's actually, he's really good friends with Bowen Taylor. But he was just so attractive, covered in tattoos and loved bondage, but also loved getting tied up. Unfortunately, I just wasn't good with the ropes like he was. But we did several different pictures and stuff like that. And he was good with the ropes and everything. And yeah, I tied to a chair and then he liked 
duct tape too. So he would do the duct tape gag. I think he did a ball gag too. But yeah, he was just so, it was just so good. And we ended up doing a hog tie on the bed and a bandana gag too with that. He was really good too. And I think I did stuff for his profile also. And then he ended up making a OnlyFans later in life. And he ends up doing a lot of OnlyFans content now too. So he was great. He was wonderful. All right, guys, go take a break. Stalk Bound Aggie's profile to see all these pictures and videos. You won't be disappointed. Hopefully I post more. I apologize for not posting in forever. That's probably my worst thing. Sammy, I was talking to you about getting a social media manager. I was like, I really, I need someone to tell me what to post and when to post it and help me get more content because I'm the worst when it comes to that. Instagram is also preventing me, by the way. Instagram is so mean to me sometimes with just general photos. I am shocked and I knock on wood that I haven't been, had any issues with that. Like I've had friends who've had issues with Instagram, but I've just been, I've had my fair share of posts get taken down. I'm always astonished at like people who have ball gag pictures that are, or videos that are still on there. Like they post them and they stay and nothing seems to happen because like the second I try posting a ball gag with no editing, it's gone. Like it's like a blink and you miss it. Like it's there and then it's it's completely gone. Like with no warning, no like anything. And like I got a new ball gag like for Christmas, like from my boyfriend and I got tied up a lot like with it. And it's like, okay, I can't really show anybody because this is fucking Instagram. Maybe though they're keeping, well, I don't know about your case snap. I'm thinking maybe because your profile triggers something like they might it might have a keyword like bondage or something in it and then so anything you post is getting looked over by the AI for that specific for like a ball gag for example maybe some profiles just haven't triggered that I don't know I have no idea what the algorithm looks like my Instagram in particular I don't think has all of the features attached to it either so there's this one feature with stories where you can essentially add to a collection kind of so you it's like there's a topic and it's like post a picture of you and boots and everyone just kind of comments or adds their photos to it and then when you click on the picture the little the words in the story on instagram you can see people who've posted boots i have it on my regular profile but on my kink profile my kinkstagram i don't have any access to it and i can't even add on to that like i don't have the ability to my instagram doesn't have that feature and i want to message them on instagram but i'm just scared that they're going to look at my profile further and then do something about my content so i get scared to like reach out and message because i don't want to i don't want to poke the bear yeah you got to kind of keep your nose clean don't do anything that'll draw attention to your profile and i think they probably keep you around because they're like oh he's picking on all the other kinksters so (laughs) every ugly bitch buys you an extra day (laughs) i'm I'm telling you like i think i'm funny i think i'm so hilarious i have a friend who's like a circuit circuit gay bodybuilder kind of guy and he's a pup here in houston and he's so lovely he's a great friend but he posts picture of videos of him dancing and stuff and i'm like yikes oh where'd you learn to dance like i just mean but i i think it's again these are my friends so i think it's just really funny <laughs> i'm just being a complete goofball but i think that's like that's the joy of kink is having community where you can joke around and like yeah this is all sexual yeah it's all erotic stuff but we're here to have a good time so i'm here to try and help push that agenda too isn't that what best friends are for though exactly <laughs> like lewis leather lad leads who was on the show last christmas he did his advent countdown and every day he gave a different person a shout out on his profile and one of them was brody you all know my beloved aussie mate brody so i have to comment that was a brave choice (laughs) brody replied with that was a brave comment (laughs) love you this is why we're friends in a way i feel like especially with like your friends if you're like constantly complimentary of each other publicly i feel like that gets kind of creepy friends and i do compliment each other and whatever but it's like i don't know there's also just some of that like kind of banter and playing around like i remember uh the most recent um story asked uh, that uh, my friend a uh, kinkmate 13 did um somebody had said that he started getting into more suits or something like that recently i think it's a mutual friend of ours and so um so in his reply he tagged me like saying that it was, it was kind of my influence or something like that and then since it he tagged me i was able to tag him back like in my story and then i just put like this is a filthy lot <laughs> 
I must have missed that one. I saw him tag you, but I didn't, I didn't see your filthy lie. <laughs> you can only send so many fire emojis and hard eye emojis to people that you find attractive on Instagram. You can only do that so much. And I love to support and I appreciate, I have people who comment on my posts and they're the same people every single time. And I love that. I appreciate the support. I really do. But I think it takes that step further a little bit because it, it's just like a dash of humor that kind of gets added to the sexuality of posting and the thirst traps that I, I come across with. I see it a lot with like men in leather, men who show off boots. And I'll, I'll talk a big game sometimes. Like I think I've done comments with, with people who I, I have a few friends who are really big into boots. I'm like, oh yeah, step on me, daddy. But I'm saying it from a, a joking way with like a nasally voice. And I think that's, I think that makes it funny. But I see underneath those, I see all of the, the hearts and the hard eyes and fire emojis and eggplants with water and everything else that's super sexual. And I don't know. I just like to have fun with it. Also, how many people don't actually read the captions as well? Even, for example, your before or after post. There are a couple like, oh yeah, before or after or both. But then a lot of them are just irrelevant to the caption, which is fair. People just look at the picture and want to leave a comment. That's great. But I've noticed a lot of them don't connect with the caption. I think I do silly captions. Like you said, the spring has sprung one. I think I do pretty silly captions sometimes. Sometimes I don't, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Sometimes it's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, and I'm just trying to get it posted. I also like, as I think most of us do, I get a lot of content photos, you know, from one bondage tie. And then I'll go through and select like the best one that I like the most, as I think most of us probably do. So it's a lot of curating to which one looks the best and then saving and all that stuff. So it's going through and figuring out, oh, how does this look? And you know, how does, how is the lighting and does this look okay? And my pictures are in no way professional. I would love to have them be professional. I don't think I'll get there anytime soon, but I've been able to do a lot with an iPhone, you know, whatever it is that I have, 11 or something. I, I don't try to spend too much time on captions. I do a little bit with hashtags just because I think hashtags are somewhat important on Instagram, at least a little more so than Twitter, I think. And I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the Twitter algorithm. I've asked a couple people and I'm, I just need to incorporate it. But with Instagram, I go the mile. You know, I have Dom, Sub, Gay Dom, Game Sub, Tied Up, Bound, Gagged. Like I have everything on there that I, I think I could possibly need to reach a wider audience. But the actual caption, usually something, you know, kind of quirky or, or silly, I think is the easiest. Because like you said, I don't think people really spend too much time focusing on it. It, carried, it It's much more about the endorphin rush you see seeing a, a man tied up in their underwear. And then, I mean, as somebody who writes a lot, it's like, yeah, like, I mean, I'm somebody that really has an opinion about like people who only respond to like pictures or videos or something like that. For me, I think the thing that annoys me most is when it's a story is like, I mean, because it's like, I know for like one of them, I did a really good like sort of interactive thing of I took a video that uh, my boyfriend and I like made together and like chopped it up into images and small clips. And then so, you know, just to kind of have a sequence of, okay, this few seconds of whatever or pictures and then a little bit of story and then some of this and a little bit more story and kind of like that. And then, I mean, most people seem to get it and like it and everything, but then I still did just get some of some random comments of somebody who clearly did not see what I was doing with all of that. And I just found that kind of annoying, but I mean, I, I understand not, not everybody goes on Instagram to read. So yeah, it can't please everyone. But the thing is, if you don't like what you see, there's this beautiful feature where you can scroll and then maybe the next post will be more to your liking. And this might be an unpopular opinion. I fought my friend on this before. I do think it's a well understood thing that I think there are more submissives out there than there are dominants. I think it's a personal opinion, but that's kind of been my experience, at least looking around with things like recon and whatnot. But I sometimes think that doms and people like leather doms, sirs, daddies, sometimes can have a little bit of a cop out when it comes to posts and makes it a little easier, which I do support. I get, I understand where it can be like, yeah, comment what you want me to do to you. And I'm like, well, that's an easy way to get engagement. But it's just like, I guess as a sub, those are things that I could say about comment and tell me what you want to do to me. But I feel like the ratio between subs commenting on posts and doms commenting on posts is going to be a lot different. So for that instance, I think that the doms on Instagram end up getting a lot more engagement. And that's just something I think I've seen. And there's also, I mean, the bondage community is different than the leather community. And on Instagram, I think the leather community is treated a little bit better than bondage because leather doesn't necessarily mean a ball gag, apparently. So, so apparently that's the biggest aspect getting you know blocked on Instagram for bondage but that's one thing I noticed and I just it just seems like there's nothing I could really 
really do if I really wanted to boost engagement, which again, this is not my business. This is not, you know, a money making thing for me. I'm not making any money. I'm not, I'm doing it for fun for now. Who knows later, but I don't really have such a, like, I'm not a huge stakeholder in this. So it doesn't matter as much to me, but if I did care and that was a deal, then I, I do think that I see a lot more people who the pendulum swings for, you know, what realm of this kink spectrum you're on and how much engagement you're getting. Oh, definitely. Are you public or private? I am private. Because I used to use the hashtags when I was public on my first account, but then it got shut down quite quickly. So this one is private and I'm like, what's the point? People are following me. It might be more likely to come up in their feed if I'm hashtagging, but yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of the way I look at it. Because I guess I've never really thought about the public private instance for hashtags. I just, I still use them because I'm, I think it'll still show up for at least people who follow you. I don't know. I haven't really thought that far about it. I still do it just to do it. I mean, at this point, it's not going to hurt anything. Yeah. Before we move on, I'm going to ask one thing of you. Where's your bandana? I have several. I have like a whole bunch of them and they're tied to my bed right now. (laughs) I have like a a wireframe bed and they're all tied. I can show you actually. And then you're going to put one in your mouth. I will. Gray, black, red, orange, green, or yellow. Why not go gray? Gray it is. Okay. A little wrinkly. So be nice. We just want the audio. I mean, getting back to the hanky code because we brought it up earlier in our conversation, but gray is the color for bondage. I mean, that's why I got a gray one. It seemed like I had every color except it. Um, I think when I was younger, I think I used to think black was the bondage one. And I think it's the S&M one or the master sub or dom sub one. I can't a, a BDSM. Yeah, it's like it's it's yeah, black is just more all encompassing. Yeah. Yeah, gray is specifically bondage. And then I don't even follow the colors because I mean, my first bandana was red and I I wasn't a fisting bottom. So all right, chuck it in. Good oh boy. I mean, ugly bitch. <laughs> All right, now let's hear some moaning. <laughs> All right, now without taking up the gag, what is your favorite tie? <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> I understood that. So did I. I just wanted him to say it again. <laughs> well, that's my favorite tie too. <laughs> you can take it out if you would like, or you can keep it. <laughs> that's going to cost you extra, Sammy. I'm not fucking paying you for this. <laughs> now, for those who didn't understand, please re-answer the question. Favorite tie would be a hog tie. I'm recently kind of growing into mummification a little bit too. I'd like to try a little bit more. I love it I went up from what I've tried, but definitely what's I think the most fun, probably a hog tie. Hard agree. Mm-hmm. I'd also agree while hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like, it's funny because a conversation, I don't know if it came up on the podcast uh, when like the last time we had Shane and Gaz on, because I think it's come up, I don't know, on several occasions that like, I think for, you know, the first time that Gaz was on uh, Ropes and Whatnots of, I think somebody asked Shane if he still had the sock or something that was, yeah, that was used on on Gaz, like as a gag. And I don't know the full story of whose sock it was or what. It's like something we always talk about is like, it would be fun, I guess like a fun merchandising option of like keeping those kinds of things and selling them to people and seeing how much they would pay for like a used gag or sock or something like that of like, you know, of somebody who's modeled of somebody, something like that. Like, yes, it was the Kingstars episode. It was, I believe it was the knotted red bandana that Gaz had in his mouth. And it got me thinking, because like not long after we posted that episode, I filmed that mummification video where I sweat like a motherfucker. And I actually think it was you, Aggie, I was talking to about it. Was it you that I sent the video message to? And I was like, oh my God, maybe I can sell this fucking encasing. Yes. Yeah, you mentioned that. And I think about that too. Like I said about the ratio of Dom subs, I think that there's some things, like I've thought about those things too. I just don't think anyone would really buy what I have. Like I wear underwear, I wear jock straps, but do people really want to buy them from me? Probably not. Like I just don't think that there's a much of a market for a sub selling thing. So I just kind of gave up the idea. But when you're a Dom, you have the idea that you can be going to thin Dom and financial domination and things like that and sell more of things that you own. I think I've seen people sell like piss soaked uh, jock straps and things like that. For me, I don't think I'd buy it, but I'm just poor. So I don't know that that really, you know, has a stake in the matter. But I've also thought about, you know, the idea of selling honestly anything I can. For a moment, like my boyfriend had a, it it looked like a, like basically a plaster cast of a tape gag he did on me because he he has a safety scissors. So he was a, you know, and he does, you know, 
wrap around and then was under the chin. So he just, um, you know, was just cut a straight line in the tape to like take it off. And then I just took it off. And then, you know, and then it's just basically like a mold of my gag. And I mean, I feel like that even sounds like another thing of like, and then I feel like with people who want that, I feel like there is just, it's more of just kind of a pervy thing of like, you know, I want what was, you know, used as this person's gag or something like that. I, I don't know what they do with it or what, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, if there's a market for it, then like, then why not? If Captured Guys would have done that, they would have made so much money, I think. I 100% think that people would have bought just about anything those men were wearing. Yeah. Oh, who knows what happened behind the scenes? Maybe he looked into that and for reasons that wasn't viable. Mm-hmm. Who knows? This was also like particularly Captured Guys' heyday. I mean, it's still popular, but the heyday before everyone had an OnlyFans. I say this as a cunt with an OnlyFans. It was still a lot harder to be openly kinky. So oh yeah, maybe it was too difficult to do it back then. I don't know. I could see that. And the consent, I think. I, from what I understand, the, a lot of the recruitment was done at like gyms. They would recruit the men at, at gyms and ask them if they were interested. And that's how they, a lot of the recruiting happened. That's from what I've heard. I don't know the details because I haven't spoke to the man. I remember reading, it might've been on Paul's blog. So Nat would know about this too. The cable guy. Mm-hmm. The cable guy came to visit, came to put in cable, I guess, or do repairs and... He found out what Paul did, found out what Paul paid, and then within the hour, he was tied up on the bed. It was hot too. That is hot. (laughs) And then kind of also on that subject of like sending people those kinds of things, it's like I have sent used underwear to a few people Then I think even like a used like shirt that like I wore to the gym like a few times, like for guys who like smells, like I I don't know. It's funny how receptive I am to that since I don't have a sense of smell, but it's, I I don't know if, if guys are that interested in it then I'm like whatever I've seen that before I saw it so a long time ago I read this thing about a dom sub relationship and it was something I still think about to this day with a dom I think daddy kind of figure it was his boy or sub's birthday coming up and he got him a present and it was one of the daddy's used jock straps and I thought that was like it was the the sub had a huge scent fetish and a gear fetish for jock straps so for the sub huge deal he loved it and was over the moon about it I think that's kind of hot like in a relationship if that were kind of something to occur I think that'd be a lot of fun I think a sweaty jock strap uses a gag I've seen that in porn a lot too about underwear being used as a gag I like the idea of that and unfortunately a lot of the men that I sleep with sometimes don't even wear jock straps so it's like off the question I think but yeah things like that I've, I've recently come into the idea of stench and smell uh, a little bit more than I think I used to be where I've enjoyed a little bit more and I love gags so might as well kind of combine the two but paying for it, actually purchasing something from someone. Again, I think I'm poor, so I wouldn't be able to. And then, yeah, it's like, and then, I mean, there have been times where I, because my my boyfriend, he doesn't like, like, you know, like, completely stinky guys or, like, anything like that, but he does like, like, crotch smell of, like, just basically, like, you know, if he wore underwear for, like, a day or something like that and sweat a little bit, and then, like, he likes, like, stuff like that, so there have been times where I, I've dominated him, and depending on what he's tied to or tied on or his position like sometimes I would just kind of like almost just put my crotch like over his face just so he could smell that or just take off my underwear and put it on his face I haven't done that in a while but it's like all of this kind of reminded me of that well now you know what you're doing tonight sounds like romance so that does it for this week but we still have more to go with Aggie so yeah we're wrapping up now but we'll see you again next week to conclude our conversation with Aggie so Aggie thanks for joining us Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. All right. So see you guys next week.